Hello and welcome to MASH Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, MASH. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, hello. So this episode is a little different than what we normally get. This is a very conceptual episode where it's all kind of in one location. So I wanted to ask you, do you have any favorite episodes of TV that are a bit different than their normal format? Anything that like changes the concept of the show for one episode? I do. So um, the first thing that comes to mind with this idea of changing the concept is an episode of House called Nine to Five, where it usually follows, you know, House and his team. But this episode follows like a normal day in Cuddy's life, who is House's girlfriend eventually and whatnot. Um, And she's the, I think, the hospital administrator. So it follows a normal day in her life, kind of having to clean up after all of these messes that House makes and like all of this stuff. So I thought that it was so interesting how they did it because there were scenes where she's like walking away and the elevator doors are closing and you hear like snippets of things that are happening with House and his team, but you don't get the full experience because you're following Cuddy. So it was a very it was a very interesting episode. Yes, that is one of my favorite House episodes. I, I love that one so much. I love anything that's kind of like that when they're you're exploring a different character's life when they have enough juice in them to like carry an episode on them on their own that's a really good pick i would say that one of my favorite episodes of this kind is actually the episode fly from breaking bad where it is all jesse and walter in the meth super lab for the entire episode and it's basically just a play of them talking to each other while hunting down this fly this is a bit of a controversial opinion. I know people think that this is like the worst episode of Breaking Bad uh, <laughs> because it's very like fillery and it doesn't have like a lot of like hardcore plot going on. But as someone who just likes watching this, like it's a play, a character study of these two people uh, at a very like desperate point in their lives, 10 out of 10, like that is maybe, maybe my favorite episode of Breaking Bad outside of like, the giant plot episodes where you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good episode. I do enjoy that episode. I put that on a lot when I want to be left alone because nobody else wants to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. I feel you with that. So anyway, in this episode, OR, the camp is hit with a seemingly endless amount of wounded. So we spend the entirety of the show in surgery. We see the challenges that arise and the emotional toll this takes on the doctors. Vanessa, what did you think of this episode? So I basically can't say anything bad about this episode. It was so, so good. We were talking about this before we started recording, but this was the first like real banger, I feel, of season three so far. Um, like Rainbow Bridge was good, but this just takes the cake. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I love this episode. I loved that it didn't have a laugh track too. Like tonally shifted the entire show, it was so good. Yes, uh, we, we've talked about this in the past that the producers of the show and the network were kind of at odds at some points of they didn't want to have a laugh track, but the network like wanted to have a laugh track because that's just the standard thing that you do with sitcoms. So they made a compromise that they wouldn't have a laugh track in any OR scene. And this feels like a real called shot at the network of like, hey, we're going to have the entirety of the show in OR. So 
no laugh track today, buddy. Like, really, <laughs> that is the concept of this one. Where they're like, what if we did an episode entirely the drama? And it's so good. I really love this one. And I actually think that the past episodes that we've had that were extremely goofy and weird, like last week with the uh, the dead body, like, charting <laughs> him around, makes this episode so much better because you really get the uh, the amount of flexibility the show has to do, like, the extremely goofy things. And then literally the next week, they let them do this really well done kind of half hour of drama television with very few jokes. Yeah, I agree. This is like, I don't know. I don't even know what I want to say about this episode. It was just so good. It was just kind of peak mash to me. I think that having no laugh track just like made this so much better. Um mm-hmm. They obviously weren't trying so hard for the comedy in this episode because that's just not what this episode was about. But I do wonder how different the comedy would really hit because I've never seen the episodes without the laugh track. I know that you've watched a couple of them without the Mm -hmm. laugh track, but just like thinking about it, how tonally different this show would be without the laugh track and like the way that the creators wanted it to be is so interesting to me after having watched this show so many times over. Yeah, it is a very different experience to watch the show without the laugh track in the episodes where there is one. But as a DVD bonus feature, um, you can watch the episodes without the laugh track. And I've done that a few times, like you said. I was just explaining that to people who may not know. But this one, you really do get that pure, what they intended the show to be from their pitch if they weren't if they didn't have the network uh wanting them to have a laugh track and you can really tell that the the tone is very different because there are still jokes like it's basically the same kind of jokes that Hawkeye and Trapper tend to make in these scenarios but the fact that there isn't an audience laughing it's a lot drier and a lot more like oh yeah that's that's like funny rather Mm -hmm. than like Oh, time to laugh now. Yeah. Obviously, this episode's designed around not having a laugh track, and the other ones are designed around having a laugh track, so it's not necessarily a one-to-one comparison, but this is a real pure MASH episode, like you said. This is kind of like Uh, Mm MASH-defined. There's going to be hard competition for the rest of the season for me. Um, when we do our, what episodes would you recommend people to watch if they want to get to know MASH? This would be top of the list for me. Yeah, I hard agree with you on that one. So I think that we should get into um, why <laughs> this episode was so good. Um, right off the bat, you could tell this episode was going to be different from just the prep before going into the OR. Even though it had like some funny things in it, like uh, Trapper with his sunglasses, I laughed when I saw him and Hawkeye flirting with a nurse and stuff like that. But I thought it was also an amazing shot of Hawkeye scrubbing up before surgery. That was really cool to me because it was almost foreshadowing what was going to happen. I agree with you that seeing Trapper in his sunglasses being hung over from the night before <laughs> was delightful. Every time they put Trapper in sunglasses, I'm like, oh man, just something about uh, Wayne Rogers' like actual look with sunglasses on. You're like, oh, that's the coolest dude. I want to be him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and you're right. Uh, I really liked this scrubbing up and how it's, how it started 
because obviously this episode is very different than the norm, but having it start this way with, you know, your usual boys being boys kind of shenanigans really establishes that, like, yes, this one is a little different than what we're used to, but it's also entirely normal for them. (laughs) This is just another day. It's not special. They're just like, yeah, we're going to work. And also, Trapper's hungover from the night before. And like, Mm -hmm. that's pretty normal. I thought it was also interesting because, you know, we get this pre-OR scene and Henry is talking to Radar and Radar is kind of parroting back what he's saying before he says it, you know, his typical Radar thing. And then when we're in the OR scene too, we have Klinger in like his traditional nurse's outfit with the red cape, which was very funny. But Henry was like, hey, take that dress off. And it almost to me in this first couple of minutes felt like one of those, hey, we're reintroducing the shenanigans of this like silly mash unit. But then it just completely like kind of took a turn into a way Mm -hmm. that is so different than all the other episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I am. I'm going to say something that you might not agree with at all. But this episode, I feel like in another universe if the show did not go on for 11 seasons this would be an excellent series finale oh for sure i completely agree okay good um because i really (laughs) thought about that as this was going on because everyone felt so in character but the stakes were like so high it was a really great representation of i think what the show tries to set out to do on like it's good days of like really dressing down the war and showing like how difficult it is for uh these army doctors in it that um even the conversations that the characters have in between surgery scenes which we'll get into felt like really final moments for them it's kind of weird that this was so early in the season because like it establishes thing about henry and frank that kind of changed their character a lot and if this was like the last time we ever saw them It'd be a really good, like, note to end on um, for basically the entire show. I think it wraps up all of the characters really well. And it's kind of odd. This is episode four. I agree with you. Like, I am pretty surprised that this was just kind of stuck in the middle of the beginning of the season like this. Like, it does feel like it should be the beginning or the ending. You know what I mean? More so the ending Mm -hmm. with what you described with Frank and Henry, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like that always like kind of adds to my enjoyment where it's just like, hey, remember that these characters are, you know, kooky and crazy. And also these little insights into their characters as well that we don't get previously. I don't know. It always makes for a very good episode, in my opinion. Yeah. So this first OR scene is very like standard for what we normally see in the OR with them razzing Frank All these kind of little shenanigans, just kind of keeping it light as things go on with a few like notes of drama with a wounded guy from um, Ethiopia. And he says something in his native language to Hawkeye. So it's kind of establishing like its usual routine. But then it goes on for the entire episode. And Mm -hmm. how how do you feel about this whole uh, razzing Frank and just this whole setup for the episode? Well, I didn't note so much down the razzing Frank part of this scene. I honestly don't even remember that much because so much comes later on with Frank that that was kind of my focus. I called this the pre-chaos in our outline. And 
I agree with you that it's kind of like setting up this way about the episode where a typical watcher, someone who comes in every week and watches the episodes, are like, oh, okay, so it's starting out in the OR scene, what's going to happen, you know? And then mm-hmm. it does kind of come from there. And I really loved the kind of conclusion to the part of the Ethiopian soldier when afterwards Hawkeye and Henry are talking outside, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the Ethiopian soldier is coming out of surgery, and he thanks Hawkeye, we believe, in his native language. I wasn't able to find what he said, like the translation mm. of it, but it was a very beautiful scene where he just takes Hawkeye's hand and he kisses it. And I thought that was just such an amazing, beautiful scene, and the acting in for both actors was so great. Yeah, it was it was really sweet. And Hawkeye says that like it's the nicest payment he's ever got. It's really nice to see. And what I like about all of this is that in any other episode, this scene in the OR would be basically the entirety of the OR for the episode, barring (laughs) like maybe another section towards the end when things get serious again. But in this one, it just continues like Hawkeye leaves the, you know, OR and it stays with him where we're getting like the immediate instead of like the wacky subplot or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just OR. And I think that like that's a really kind of exciting change for the episode. Like if you're watching this on TV in the 70s, unless you're using like TV Guide, if they had that at the time, I don't think you would know the name of the episode to know that it was OR. So Mm -hmm. having it be the entirety of the episode of it taking place in this one location, I imagine would be like much more of of a surprise for someone watching it without knowing the title of the episode. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So we had mentioned that Hawkeye and Henry were having this conversation, and I really loved this scene. Um, They were talking about basically Henry's arthritis in his hands because in the previous scene, he was dropping a lot of stuff, and Hawkeye kind of asks him, like, hey, what's going on? Um, So what did you think about this interaction between these two? This was fantastic. I loved this so much and this is what like made me really sit up and be like okay this is a, this is a different one because I don't think that previously it's really been made establish how good of a doctor Henry actually is like he's never portrayed as a bad doctor the way like Frank is but Henry is not a guy that is established like Hawkeye to be like a guy who really cares about everything he's doing in these this OR situation. Um, so have him talk very frankly to Hawkeye saying like, I like it here. I like operating on these people because it makes me feel like I'm doing something. And back in uh, Bloomington, Illinois, it is very like by the book checkups was a really good kind of send-off for Henry's character. And this Mm -hmm. has kind of helped with knowing the future of him. This entire conversation was like a lot more tragic and sad. And obviously, Hawkeye talking about how Henry has arthritis in his hands and like therefore his days as a surgeon are limited was so sad, but he like took it in stride. I, I... thought it really rounded out Henry's character in a big way. I loved this interaction. It was so good. Yeah, I thought that it kind of brought up this idea of how the war kind of affects people in a different way sometimes, especially like, you know, people who are experiencing it, people who are fighting in the war. 
of having this kind of like love-hate relationship with their time like serving in the war because and this is this is me like kind of talking anecdotally because I you know don't have firsthand experience with this like at all of course but of how it kind of just becomes routine you know and the mm-hmm. thought of kind of having to reintegrate back into stuff that's not military service or Henry having to reintegrate into typical medicine when he is performing this like meatball surgery and saving patients lives day after day after day I think it's kind of a perspective that's not typically talked about and also probably not typically talked about, especially during this period of time, of wanting to go home so bad, but then also wanting to stay also to almost like feel fulfilled and do this work and stuff like that. So I loved this scene. It was probably like top scene in the episode for me. Um, yeah. And also, like you said, the conversation that he and Hawkeye have when he says, you'll have to go home and die in your bed in Bloomington. That really got me. That was that was a real hard hitter for everyone who knows what's coming at the end of this season. It like hurt really bad. <laughs> I know. It was like toying with my heart. I want to know what they knew about the end of the season at this point in the show. If they were kind of planning a sort of send off for various aspects of the show at this point. Maybe we can get into that a little later down the road in the season, if we can find any information on that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Just again, this is such a a well done kind of conclusion to like who Henry is. And obviously there is more Henry coming. But Mm -hmm. like this is a real like Henry defined moment in the way that we haven't had before. And it, it was like really nice to watch. Um, I did want to just say one more thing, or actually two more things. In the beginning of this scene, when Hawkeye is shaving with coffee, that is very funny to me. And mm-hmm. also, we have to shout out the uh, makeup people as well, because Henry literally looked like he had black eyes <laughs> from the dark circles under his eyes <laughs> in this scene. And you could tell he looked exhausted. He looked like on the verge of death. <laughs> yes, they, they all look very worn out in this episode. Um, but I want to circle back just real quick to what you're saying about war becoming routine. Obviously, again, like you said, I have no experience with it firsthand at all. But, you know, in media, I feel like that is typically shown from the soldier's point of view. And I just think it's really mm-hmm. interesting that for this episode, we get it from the doctor's point of view and how, like, everybody's complex. Like, everybody is affected by this war, even if their role is very different than being on the front lines. Yeah, for sure. We're not being very funny, but neither is the episode. So <laughs> um, I hope you enjoy this very dry conversation about how emotional this episode made us. <laughs> I think that we should talk about um, this next OR scene where, again, I'm very, I'm very proud of the outline that we made for this episode um, with my headings. And this scene I called uh, Chaos Sets In. Because this yeah. is when the shit kind of hits the fan a little bit. You can tell that they've been in the OR for like closer to 10 hours at this point Um, if we're going by like episode standard time. And I really liked how everything started to like kind of creep in and tension started to rise in this scene. Yeah, I really liked how in the first scene, uh, Radar is like, well, looking at the schedule, it doesn't look like we're going to make the movie tonight. Do you want to play the movie's audio over the speakers? And they do that in the next scene. Like, you, I was expecting that to just be like a one-off joke. But no, they play the Rita Hayworth movie via the speakers <laughs> in the next scene. 
And I, I thought that was really funny. And I liked how Hawkeye kind of compliments Margaret and Frank by saying that they were the Rita Hayworth and uh, her male co-star of the day. Like, to compare them to, like, a classic movie romance, I thought was, like, really nice for him to do. I haven't seen the movie that they were talking about. <laughs> I thought I took that as more being, him, like, him being sarcastic. of just like, oh, hey, Frank and Margaret, who are, you know... Frank cheating on his spouse like oh you guys are the real love story here <laughs> I suppose so that's how I took it <laughs> this is why I need the laugh track I need to know whether or not something's a joke <laughs> I just really what stood out to me in this scene and we'll get into more of the like drama of this scene as well but what stood out to me in this part that was really funny was that Frank when they were playing the movie Frank was like hey we should turn this movie off it's so unprofessional and I was like, what do you want to do, Frank? Just sit there or stand there and operate on people for hours on end in just complete silence? Like, I don't know if this was common back then, but I know now that it's pretty commonplace for surgeons doing 12-hour, 10 to 12-hour surgeries. They put on music because it just helps pass the time. So I was like, really, Frank? Are you just being a jerk? Like, what? what's wrong with you? Obviously, Frank would not last in the modern day where everything <laughs> has to have a podcast on in the background otherwise you yes. cannot do anything <laughs> you would hate this podcast i, I just realized frank would would just absolutely loathe the fact that our show exists um <laughs> frank hates fun <laughs> frank is joyless as we come to find out <laughs> yes which we'll we'll get into actually mm -hmm. but yeah i like how things escalate throughout this episode how it does go from this very standard kind of jokey or scene to the next one being like oh we've been here a long time and it's starting to get on our nerves not that like things are going horribly wrong but it's just like everybody's kind of off their groove because they've been doing this so long and just how stressful it all is i i thought it was like done very well and the various things that happen going from frank wanting it to be quiet to frank almost removing a man's only kidney <laughs> to uh the open heart surgery that like hawkeye does very impromptu was like a really good way of ratcheting up the tension throughout this one section of the episode I thought it was really interesting the part where Frank is about to remove this guy's only kidney and Hawkeye and Trapper kind of hear him make that comment offhand and they're like, hey, uh, go go check on him. Go check. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was so interesting because it felt like this was something that they typically had to do. Like, hey, go check to make sure Frank's not about to kill this person. And lo and behold, he was. So I don't know, like... This episode was so good for me for so many reasons because it felt so grounded in the characters too. Yeah. We learn a lot about the characters and their roles and their positions there and their feelings and stuff like that in this episode through very kind of subtle ways and this scene being one of them of like, hey, they typically always have to check Frank's work to make sure that he's not fucking up. Yes. Um, or messing up, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm going to keep the F word in because I like the explicit tag. If we ever get advertisers, they're going to have to deal with the fact that you swear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, this is so grounded in the characters. This feels like a really 
final statement on a lot of these characters, or at least a very concise one. And, like, they often joke about how Frank is a bad surgeon and, like, will kill patients. Like, everybody, even Henry's like, oh, Frank's got a body count. Like, very dismissively. But we don't typically get to see him actually be a bad surgeon. Like, mm-hmm. normally it is just kind of said, not shown. But in this one, with him nearly cutting out the the kidney, and it is kind of justified of like, well, we're all in a rush and they didn't get a chance to like look at the x-rays. So it's not totally incompetence that gets him there. It is the stress of the situation. But the fact that, like you said, this is like a very routine thing for them of having to make sure that Frank's not committing horrible acts on the human body, uh, <laughs> it does more than other episodes justify why they are often so frustrated with Frank's kind of elitist attitude of he he wants everything to be perfect and prim and proper, but also when he is left alone to his own devices, he will fail. And when you fail as a surgeon, there are catastrophic consequences <laughs> for, for at least one person involved. Yeah, I noted when I was watching the episode, maybe if Frank wasn't so worried about the literal mash unit in the middle of a literal war being so unprofessional with them playing a movie over the speakers after 12 hours of surgery, maybe he would have remembered to check the x-ray, Frank. (laughs) Like, full shade. Full shade. I'm throwing full shade at Frank Burns right now. Although, okay, in his defense, though, maybe he's one of those people who really needs to concentrate and needs complete silence. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm going to blame Frank anyway. (laughs) I'll never understand those people. People who don't need to like split their brain into two by listening to a thing while they're like doing something else. I I will never understand it. (laughs) Um, But from that, we get the kind of juxtaposition between Hawkeye and Frank as doctors because... Hawkeye's working on this patient and he they don't have a pulse. I don't know if he fully dies on the table, but he he's on his way there. And to revive him, Hawkeye performs open heart massage to I guess kickstart his vitals again. And it really does show that for all of Hawkeye's like goofy nature of like not taking too much of anything seriously, when it comes to the matter of like being a good doctor, he really is kind of putting Frank in his place. What do you think of this whole uh, thing that happened with Hawkeye? Because this carries on throughout the episode. So this was great. Like a perfectly placed moment in this scene with having it come right after Frank messing up because he didn't take the time to look at an x-ray versus Hawkeye ripping open this guy's chest to restart his heart. It was a really, really intense scene. And (laughs) I know I said before that the arthritis scene was probably one of my favorite scenes, but this is also a great scene. I have too many in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just a really intense scene. And I loved the acting from Alan Alda in this portion of it, because right after he is successful and restarts this kid's heart with his literal hand, he like needs to take a second, you know, he has Henry finish up for him and, you know, do the rest of the surgery because he has to go kind of sit down and just be like, wow, I cannot believe that just happened. And Alan Alda really sold it with that performance. Like, I truly believed that 
this was actually happening of just like, wow, I need a minute to process this whole thing. Yeah, um, I really liked the actual surgery act of it, too. It's one of those cases where being a network television show in the 70s, they weren't allowed to show like any gore or anything where a modern kind of medical drama would show you like the gory details of everything happening. Um, They would use like prosthetics or whatever. But the fact that like the camera's locked off to behind this guy and we don't see anything that Hawkeye's actually doing, it's entirely on his face and his performance, I thought worked really well dramatically and like really sold the, the stress of it and how kind of risky this was for him to be doing in the first place. This was just a really kind of cool moment for him in the middle of this episode. And like you said, his reaction to it is very strong. Um, But I like how, as the episode goes on, this does kind of continue. This is not like a one-off thing. And Mm -hmm. just how it goes into the future scenes was really affecting. Like, Hawkeye, Hawkeye's made me really sad in this one. How it kind of ends up for him. And that's entirely on Alan Alda's performance, I think. I completely agree with you. Like, I felt the emotion in these scenes with this patient for sure and i thought that the writing was just so brilliant in this episode as well because right after hawkeye like saves this guy trapper kind of diffuses the tension in the scene and he is like hey you know i taught him everything he knows haha and it felt so in character for trapper Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Hawkeye, too, of course, to, you know, use any means necessary to save this patient, but for then Trapper to kind of, like, diffuse that tension because he knows that Hawkeye especially needs that at that point. And I just, I thought it was really brilliant writing. And like I said before, like, the characters were really grounded in this episode. So I can't go, I, I can't go on more about it because <laughs> I will just talk about this scene for <laughs> the rest of the episode, honestly. <laughs> Yes, we're just gushing. I wish there was like a sticking point where I'm like, actually, this episode has one really bad point. I'm going to point it out because (laughs) it'll make me sound more fair and impartial like a good little critic should be, blah, blah, blah. But this episode, a start to finish, is one of the best things this show has done so Mm -hmm. far. And I say that a lot like in season two. I think every other episode was like, this might be my favorite episode so far. But this. (laughs) This is, like, pure good mash. Like, this is what you want from the show. So, seeing all these characters so well-defined and everything is so, like, structured really so well, and it's good emotions, and there isn't a laugh track, so it feels really different. Just watching this one, it's so much stronger than a lot of other half-hour sitcom shows. Like, imagine a show like this on today and last week was like the goofiest nonsense you've ever seen (laughs) and this ep like next week is one of the most dramatic things you've ever watched on tv there there isn't another thing quite like this i think on tv ever that has this much flexibility you know yeah i agree i can't imagine the tonal shift from episode to episode ever kind of happening nowadays you know everything feels a lot more cohesive nowadays um and there's Mm -hmm. like sad moments in sitcoms and heavy moments in sitcoms that are produced now but not to the extent that they are 
in this episode and with this show, like you said, with having the goofy, like, body humor <laughs> in the last episode <laughs> and then to come into this one is just such, like, whiplash almost. But it's like whiplash in a good way where you're like, oh, for I sure, like for that sure. it has these two ends to it. Um, So going from that, let's talk about maybe my favorite scene of the episode when uh, Frank and Trapper have this very serious heart to heart about like who Frank is. I thought this was the best Frank moment in the entire series. I, I really enjoyed uh, what this did for Frank's character. So before we actually go into that, I want to talk about the scene that was right before this a little bit. Because in this scene, um, this is when I felt like the tensions were really starting to run high because Hawkeye and Frank were kind of at each other a little bit more in this scene. They were, you know, yelling at each other and whatnot. And Henry has to get involved and kind of break them up and say, hey, Frank, like, take a break, take a couple minutes. Um, and it felt really real because I can imagine that the tensions would be seriously running really high after the volume of surgery that they're doing and the amount of hours that they're doing it in. And so I felt the setup for this conversation with Trapper and Frank was also really good. Like, I really mm -hmm. enjoyed the conversation, but I thought that the setup made so much more sense of why the conversation happened as well. Yeah, that's true. Thank you for bringing this scene up. I, I didn't forget about it, but I also was like, I also wanted to get to the good stuff, but you're right. This scene uh -huh. <laughs> is really, really good too, because it's one of those scenes where you could tell that everybody is supposed to just be running on pure adrenaline at this point. Obviously, Frank and Hawkeye have always gone on to each other's throats, but this time, like, Frank is kind of done with the entire setup that they normally have. Like, th their status quo, he's like, I am kind of done with this relationship. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you could tell it's entirely because everyone's tired, which is really fun to watch. And you're right, it really does kind of bring it into this conversation with uh, Trapper and Frank really really well and I really love this conversation that they have where Frank is kind of explaining himself in a way that he never has he was like I I grew up in a very strict family we weren't even allowed to hum during dinner and like <laughs> that really affected him and really humanized him it took him from like the bumbling idiot who like nearly killed a guy because of his kidney uh removing his kidney to this kind of human man who, like, yes, has made mistakes, but also, like, you understand, like, where they're coming from, at least for me. I know that you have a personal hatred of Mr. <laughs> Burns that uh, I, I don't really, but how did you feel about this kind of heart-to-heart -heart and humanizing of the Frank character? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. It makes me feel bad for Frank sometimes. Like, anytime Frank really just kind of wants to be friends with Hawkeye and Trapper, I feel pretty bad for him. Like, he wants so bad to be liked. <laughs> he wants so badly to be liked by Hawkeye and Trapper, but he's so insufferable that he just can't. But it kind of makes sense in this one scene of just like, oh, this is why he's insufferable. And this is why he's joyless, because he grew up that way. It's like almost ingrained in him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It doesn't excuse any of the other bad things that he does of being racist at times and being like a terrible guy at times for no reason. But it kind of makes sense why he's so almost like tries to be by the book all the time because he grew up in a very strict 
setting you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense but also i feel like he hawkeye and trapper would be friends with him if he just let them be <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i mean let them cope with the war how they want let them drink let them womanize whatever and then you know just chill out frank you know what i mean yeah this incarnation of hawkeye and trapper like not speaking to the movie or maybe the book but they are guys who like will leave you alone if you're not bothering them personally so like i feel that it's only ever antagonizing Frank because he's kind of doing it to them too, or at least most of the time. Like Trapper is willing to sit down with Frank and have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And I really liked what Frank said with uh, the bad blood doesn't run very deep, does it? Like asking if like sincerely they they hate him. And I forget what Trapper's like response to that was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't like, no, we hate you. <laughs> Yeah, he does say he's just like, no, it's not like real hate, but you're annoying, Frank. He literally he says you're yeah. just a joyless person. <laughs> and that's a pretty fair characterization of Frank. He's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this was this was one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode. Any episode of nothing but great scenes. I really liked how they took the time to be like, all right, Frank is a person. Let's let's explore that for a minute. And obviously, the Henry stuff is very emotional for outside reasons. And everything kind of around this episode is so good. But anytime they take the time to explore characters like Frank and Margaret, who are such like one dimensional stick in the muds depending on the episode mm-hmm. i just get a real kick out of i like how they they treat everybody like complicated people even if in some episodes they don't seem like they're particularly complicated i um i think a- any scene that really makes you feel for the character that you're supposed to hate i really like i like the complexity even though frank is not like a complex character i like the complexity of him in this scene and it's it's very it was very endearing to see and i really thought it was cute when he was asking trapper and saying hey okay does that mean that we can be friends now and trapper's like yeah sure okay i just want to go to sleep (laughs) (laughs) and then that travels into the next scene in the or when hawkeye is saying something And Frank is trying to be amicable with Hawkeye because he wants to be his friend now. It was it was very funny. It was very cute continuity. He's such a little puppy dog, Frank. He'll uh he'll act like he's got bite, but if you if you show him a little bit of kindness, he's like, Oh well I'm I'm gonna try for a moment if I (laughs) if I could be a cool guy. But unfortunately he's just not inherently a cool guy. So like I said, at right after this scene comes the next OR scene. And this is the one where Sydney arrives. And I love any episode with Alan Arbus. He heightens any episode for me. So what did you what did you think of his just arrival? It was kind of uh, sudden and surprising. When Sydney shows up, first of all, I, I'm not as familiar with this character as you are, so I didn't immediately jump to that Sydney. But mm-hmm. as the second I did put together like that's him, I was like, Oh, that's fun. It's very interesting to have him be in this setting because we've only ever seen him kind of outside of OR, like during break moments. So to have him kind of roped into performing surgery, I thought was like really fun and a good way to kind of bring some levity back into the episode for a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, because he has a great conversation with Klinger about 
how like come on doc you you can give me a psych come on man uh look at me i'm wearing a dress and he's just like listen man there's so many people wearing dresses like that you can't you gotta <laughs> step up your game basically um which is so funny that felt like a really good send-off to Klinger, too, if this was, like, the finale of the show. That felt like a really good final Klinger moment. It's so <laughs> funny that this is just, like, season three, episode four. Like, this feels so definitive to me. I want to know what the writing process was of, like, oh, we just happened to have this amazing script for this one episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> to go back to um Sydney's arrival, too... I always love when <laughs> anytime Sydney shows up, Klinger just like kind of jumps on him immediately. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, doc, this new thing I'm doing crazy enough to get out of the army. <laughs> it's just always so funny. And I love also that Sydney is always there apparently to play poker. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, OK, I guess we're not playing our poker game. I'll see you next Thursday. And they're like, whoa, 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 doctor. <laughs> Time for you to scrub up and use your medical skills. (laughs) And I loved Alan Arbus in this scene because like Alan Alda in the rest of the like really emotional bits of the show, (laughs) Alan Arbus like really sold it for me of being terrified to have to perform surgery after, you know, not going to med school for a really long time. He's like, hey, med school was a long time ago. I don't know if I can do this, but okay, I guess it was very fun. I really liked how he was like, I haven't washed my hands since I became a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so disgusting. Obviously, it's a joke, but like the image of that is like, oh, no, buddy, you have to wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about this is really fun. But also, you're right. Like his terror is still like pretty legit. Like it feels pretty (laughs) honest. And I I like how they have him do this. And then... You know, he he eventually does decide to leave, and he's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Pull down your pants and slip on the ice, and, like, just pieces out. <laughs> I ha- We have a long time until we get to this, but this kind of comes back into play in the season, or, I'm sorry, in the series finale. Um, so it's really oh funny that you say that this feels like the end of the show because there's a callback to this in the last episode of the series so that's very fun but this is also the scene before sydney leaves he is assisting hawkeye in surgery and this is when radar tells hawkeye that the patient that he performed the open heart massage on didn't make it and like I said, great acting from Alan Alda here of just like needing to take a second and tearing up and being really upset. And I loved that Sydney was the one who kind of talked him through this as well, knowing that Hawkeye didn't really need to be coddled in this moment, but he was still kind of comforting him. Yeah. And I think that this made the scene with the Ethiopian soldier even more impactful. Like Hawkeye was so happy that he was able to save this guy. And then, but no matter what, no matter how many patients he actually saves, he is still going to be terribly upset when he loses a patient. And yeah, I just, I thought that this was a really well-rounded, like, kind of completion of Hawkeye being a doctor in this whole episode, but kind of ending on this scene, it was very impactful to me. Yeah, this is the closest kind of callback we have to the speech Henry gives in Sometimes You Hear the Bullet, uh, when he says something along the lines of like, 
the reality is that you cannot save everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a nice, it was nice to have that kind of through line. Like, yeah, that is the reality of it. Sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. And it's okay to be affected by it. Like, they never like, Hawkeye, get your head in the game. But mm-hmm. they are like, well, you're needed right now. Like, he even says, mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe if I went to post-op with him. And I think Trapper's like, well, you couldn't have done that. We need you here. How they're able to balance the reality of being a doctor in this high-stress scenario in such a funny, silly show is something that, like, I really love. I love the fact that this episode exists. I'm definitely going to probably rewatch this episode a lot. This is this is one that I will return to. Yeah, and just a little bit more about this scene, too. I really thought that, like, I, I can't commend the writers enough because having this parallel reaction when Hawkeye needs to, like, take a second when he finds out that he lost the patient to when he had to take a second after he saved him was just so brilliantly put together and i loved the writing in this episode but specifically in this scene they were really like kind of strutting their stuff i just i loved it yeah very cohesive very structurally sound this is one where you could tell they were not writing by the like the seat of their pants like other episodes in this season there were so many endings that felt so abrupt that felt like they literally wrote up to the ending and didn't really know where to go. This one felt like they they had a full idea, a full picture of the episode Mm -hmm. instead of doing these more abrupt things. This one was so cohesive and had such a strong arc for everyone involved that Mm -hmm. if this wasn't Emmy nominated, I don't know what was. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I also wanted to talk about the scene right after this too um it's after hawkeye finds out he loses the patient sydney leaves and then henry calls hawkeye over and he basically asks him to help him decide whether they should save this one soldier who is uh there's no chance that he's gonna make it if they decide to operate on him and i know that i've said two separate times that i had different favorite scenes but this scene for sure was my was actually my favorite because I had a very like visceral response to this scene. It it was very impactful. And I almost got choked up at this scene where they had to, they were having this discussion of, we could spend eight hours working on this one patient, and then he's going to die anyway. Or we could save eight other people. And I was like, shit, <laughs> that is probably something that these doctors, these real doctors in the real mass units had to decide all the time. And That, to me, just recalls back in the 30th anniversary special. I'm sure that Larry Gelbart had to have written this with the real MASH unit in mind. It it was just such a great scene. Yeah. Okay. So I completely forgot that the scene existed. And I know that's going to make you laugh and everything. But I think that speaks to how dense this episode was. That, like, this very pivotal scene where it's very emotional and like you said very realistic to the real life circumstances of having to decide life and death for various people that this enormous scene i was like oh yeah this happened this episode's incredible this episode is so much going on with how short the scene was i was surprised at how impactful i found it as a viewer Mm -hmm. um because it was 
super heavy for such a quick one, two, three part of like an ending scene. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that, like you said, this episode is so jam packed with so many things like that. That it is like blink in, you'll miss it kind of thing, but it is so hard hitting for me. And it's important too. It really does kind of bring the episode to a conclusion because them having to make this very difficult decision is basically the classic like trolley problem of you can save one person or you can save a lot of people. It's like that is that could be the conflict of an entire episode. And mm-hmm. they just put that at the end because how much was already going on that in their exhausted state, they had to make this very difficult decision and just really kind of shows it never ends for them that like they're always going to have this was like a really good final kind of note to end on of like real drama before we kind of move a little bit more into a slightly funny, slightly like levied ending of the episode. Yeah, I agree. And I wanted to talk about this one. I guess this final scene in the OR before the episode kind of concludes of something setting on fire, somehow like a pipe or whatever sets on fire. (laughs) Well, okay. So first of all, Trapper, I think, smells smoke or maybe Frank. Mm -hmm. And then they bring in hamburgers and coffee. So it's like, hey, we're we're making it through. We're done with the supplies issues that we've been having. Because also, they've been having supply issues. It's been going on so long that, like, they had to get Henry's thread from his, like, tent to use as, like, stitches. Um, So there's a lot of, like, escalating stuff that we have not talked about. Like the fact that Radar, like, gave two rounds of blood accidentally. Some people stole Radar's blood in this episode. Yeah, it's I was, just such a- I was going to bring that up of like, wow, so Radar got his blood stolen too. That's uh, really interesting. Okay, I guess this is just a theme for this show. <laughs> but yeah, so they bring in the hamburgers and it's like, yay, we're we're basically done. This is like the happy note. And then something just catches on fire. It's like a pipe. We don't really know what it is. And they're all like genuinely freaking out because it's this terrifying thing to have, especially in a a room with like oxygen and everything where things could catch on fire and possibly explode. Not great. And Trapper just like squirts it with water from like a syringe, I think. It was a wild kind of ending. Yeah, and... It was like pretty justified chaos too of, hey, there's a fire, you know, we have open bodies here that could cause like massive problems for all of these patients that they're working on. And like you said, things could blow up, whatever. And then Margaret yells at Trapper. She's like, "Uh, you're an idiot. You should not have done that to put that fire out because what if there was alcohol in the syringe that you used to douse the fire? You could have like killed us all basically or just started like a much bigger fire. And I was also mad at Trapper because you are never supposed to put water on any kind of like electrical or oil-based fire. So just for our listeners out there, don't follow Trapper's uh, <laughs> don't follow Trapper's lead. <laughs> but I also thought the final portion of this scene was also so good because you know Trapper's getting yelled at by Margaret, and then he goes, "Hey everyone, the war, remember?" And then they all kind of have to go back to doing what they're doing. Like they literally mm-hmm. don't have time to worry about a stupid thing that could have happened when they have to tend to patients who are going to die if they don't. I loved that whole, 
wrap up of that portion of the scene. Yes. Uh, it's easy to be like, well, Margaret's calling him out and Margaret's usually wrong about things when she calls him out. But like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. But also <laughs> it is a good demonstration of like how you do need to act quickly in a difficult situation. So like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. But like one of those classic things of, well, it worked out. So leave me alone. And then they go back to work and it ends. The final scene is like literally the PA being like, basically, it doesn't end. Uh, it just got the episode ends, but like their OR adventure doesn't. So, yeah. So let's unpack that scene a little bit more because I thought it was really a powerful way to end this amazing episode. Because the PA system was talking about how um, this new general was taking over all the UN forces fighting in Korea. And then while the PA is going on, there's this um, scene of Trapper kind of wheeling Hawkeye out after he passed out in the OR. He was just so tired. And the final quote from the announcement is, and that's the news. No one's succeeding us at all. And then it just fades to black. And I thought it was so powerful because it was this great commentary of bureaucracy and the war and all these guys making decisions about the war and who's in command, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, the doctors are still like right in the same spot that they're always in. They're dealing with the same stuff every day, no matter who's in charge. And I thought that that was so just such a great point to yeah. end the episode on. Like I was trying to say. It never ends. It's just it's just gonna keep mm -hmm. going. Um, sorry, I phrased that like an absolute idiot. We've just been talking <laughs> a long time. Uh, but yes, you're right. The PA noting that like everybody's kind of change command doesn't matter to them. They're just gonna be here tomorrow, stitching up more people. Uh, was pretty good like war commentary. This episode does end on a really strong note, and it was kind of like an eerie note too. Uh, when the when the mash music starts and it's all like the screenshots of the different parts of the episode, it was so tonally different than like mm -hmm. the end of the episode. It was very jarring. Yeah, because it faded to black and there was a good like three seconds of just like black screen mm -hmm. before the ending credits. And I really, I liked that. I thought it made you kind of like sit with it for a second. And you're right, it was very like tonally different than the rest of the show. But I did like how it ended because you did have to sit there and think about that for a second. And I don't know. I just I, I thought that it was like a perfect ending to yeah. this show. Yeah, this could have been a really great series finale. Obviously, MASH has the most famous series finale of all time. Uh, it's the most watched thing ever. But if this was the final episode, if they ended after three seasons... This would have been a really great way to end the show. But now I'm excited to see where it goes from here because this was a really revitalizing episode for me. This made me excited mm -hmm. to see more of the show again. Not that I was having a bad time, but there is a big difference between watching the super goofy ones with the dead bodies and the <laughs> general who does a song and dance away to watching these like the ones where you can talk about it for over an hour and still have more to say um so mm -hmm. i'm excited to see match march on and from that do you have any favorite lines from this episode yes so 
This wasn't a huge comedy episode, um, but there were some pretty good lines that I found. So right in the beginning, in the first OR scene, when Henry is talking to Klinger, he goes, Klinger, take that dress off at once. And Hawkeye goes, not in front of Trapper. He's a married man. <laughs> yes, I, I love that. Um, oh, we didn't even mention the guy who's like serially cheating on his, his wife and wants to send a letter to her. And Trapper's like, when did you find the time to get wounded? That was amazing. <laughs> um, there's a lot of good Trapper moments in this one. I have to shout out this little moment that we didn't mention when Klinger is told to go get more blood. And like a <laughs> vampire, he goes off and says, I want to get more blood or I'll die. And just like walks away. Amazing. One of the greatest Klinger moments. <laughs> it was such a great moment. I loved that one. Um, oh, I really liked the, uh, it wasn't a line <laughs> per se, but when Frank and Hawkeye were kind of fighting in the OR and Hawkeye makes some kind of like sexual joke and Frank calls him a smut merchant, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's so much in it. There's so much in this one. For Give even me smut merchant on a shirt. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we could print that up. We'll, we'll get that to you. There's so much in this episode. Even though this episode didn't feel particularly funny, there's still so many good little moments. Like, in the beginning, Trapper is stitching up a guy. He's like, oh, I think we have a repeat offender. This guy has your stitches, Hawkeye. Um, and Hawkeye's like, well, if you can see the stitches, they're not mine. And <laughs> somebody like in the background's like, Hawkeye needs a little bit of humble pie or something like that. Just that nice little e like earned ego from Hawkeye, I thought was really <laughs> delightful. Yeah, I liked that too. That was really funny. So I do have some trivia about this episode as well. So we had talked um, extensively about this Ethiopian soldier, and this was actually kind of a tribute to the Kagnu battalions that fought in the Korean War. So the Kagnu battalions were several units from the Ethiopian military that served in the Korean War to aid the United Nations and the United States and South Korean forces. At the outbreak of the war, the United Nations had asked its members for military assistance, and the emperor of Ethiopia at the time sent the Imperial Bodyguard Division of the Ethiopian military, which was previously tasked with guarding the royal household and maintaining internal security. The Kagnu Battalion served mainly alongside the 7th Infantry Division of the United States Army, and their patrol of the Battle of Porkchop Hill in 1953 was of distinct note for them. So, and then as like a recognition for the Kagnu Battalion's services, the U.S. military named a military base located in Africa after them called the Kagnu Station. So I didn't know anything about this, and I thought this was a really amazing kind of tribute to these other people who fought in the Korean War. Um, that you don't typically hear about. So I do have um, some resources as well of if you want to like, if our, any of our listeners want to read up on this, because this is a piece of history that I had no idea about. No, that's very interesting. When they bring up this Ethiopian soldier, they do make an offhanded joke of like, oh, he must have really got lost on his way here. Or, you know, something along those lines of like how much mm -hmm. he doesn't fit in with what they typically see. But I, I always like stuff like that. Like there's a in the movie 1917, there's a lot about uh, like in the background of like, I think Indian soldiers who were in World War One, um, just kind of people you don't typically see depicted in war movie slash TV show narratives 
I always find it interesting when the creators of it want to include explicitly how diverse the actual group of people were in the war. Yeah, I think that, it, you know, because we're American and we go to American schools and whatnot, it is a very, like, American-centric based version of history. So I always like to find out these things of how, you know, the world is just bigger than, you know, Europe and America. So mm-hmm. I always think it's really cool. Yeah. So you had mentioned also that uh, this episode deserved an Emmy. And I do have some um, good news for you. Oh, yeah. So Gene Reynolds won an Emmy for his directing of this episode. And Larry Gelbart and Lawrence Marks, who wrote the episode, won the Writers Guild Award for their writing in this episode. So credit where credit is due. (laughs) Well deserved. The same duo who wrote the flag finale of last season also wrote this episode. (laughs) Ain't that wild? Ain't that fun how how much range they actually have? Yeah, you better put some respect on Larry Gelbart's name because last week you were like, Larry Gelbart is a weird writer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, <laughs> why but you it's true. Call like, me out I, like that? No, like you. But you had said it's really funny how he does these things of these zany episodes with like hiding a dead body, and then the next episode he writes this like incredible episode. So I can't say that you're wrong, but don't res- disrespect Larry Gelbart, Ethan. <laughs> I will. I will never again. I uh, I have nothing but respect for Mr. Larry Gelbart. He is such an interesting man and has such an interesting <laughs> body of work. So I think that we barely need to do martini ratings for oh, this episode because one out of ten, worst one I've ever seen. <laughs> I think that our listeners can uh, just kind of guess by the context of this episode and how long it is that we both give this five out of five. Yes, uh, of course. It would be insane if I was like, you know what, 4.5. That said, too, usually I give five out of fives to episodes that utilize all of the characters. And I thought I felt like it utilized all the characters really well, even like Klinger, Sydney, Father Mulcahy was in it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was all everything you'd want in a MASH episode and more. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Father Mulcahy helps Klinger when his heel breaks and he walks down the hallway (laughs) with one heel. I thought that was pretty amazing stunt work for Mr. Klinger right there. (laughs) That was good. That was good. So just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Fribacco for being our technical consultant, Melissa Vanessa's sister for cover art, and of course, our listeners. Links to our music, social media, and contact of the show are in the description, as always. And join us next week for Season 3, Episode 6, Springtime. But until then, check the x-rays before cutting out a kidney. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>